Before we start the show, I want to thank the thousands of you, the thousands who have read This Book Will Make You Dangerous. Many of you have told me that the book's unique way of exploring fear, confidence, and purpose has had a lasting impact, that it's much easier for you to get clarity and direction about what really matters and what you want to do in this lifetime. It's also amazing to hear that quite a few of you have read it multiple times and even bought copies for friends, so thank you again. Just in case you weren't aware, I created a free companion video course for the book. And in these videos, I walk you through the big takeaways and practices from each chapter. And I even cover some extra stuff that's not included in the book. Information on how to access the course is in newer versions of the book. And if you own an older version of the book and you don't know how to access the course, just hit me up via the contact form at triplinear.com and we'll get you all set up. And one last thing, if you're one of the thousands who have already read the book, please consider leaving an honest review on Amazon so that others can decide if it's right for them. Again, thank you so much for reading. This book will make you dangerous. And now let's start the show. You are listening to the new man beyond the macho jerk and the new age wimp. Your host is men's coach, Trip Lemire. Do we have to depend on fear for motivation? Can we learn how to put scarcity and pressure into perspective? And how can we learn to forge our own path instead of following the herd? Today, my wife Allison and I discuss how fear can serve us or work against us. On many levels, we're being challenged. For many, this challenge is simply a matter of being uncomfortable or bored. Others are experiencing great uncertainty with regards to their professions and financial well-being. And then there are those who are going to be confronted with mortality itself. We can get caught up in this collective freak out, or we can use this period as a wake-up call, as a time to zoom out and reflect. The men I'm coaching all around the world are seeing this challenging time as an opportunity. It's an opportunity for us to assess our lives and how we're choosing to live them. Are our professions and relationships and lifestyle choices aligned with our deepest values? Or does today's challenge help us see that it's time to course correct? Instead of sleepwalking through life or settling for whatever gets slopped onto our plate, we can use this opportunity to tap into our deep desire. Instead of waiting for the perfect plan or the perfect time or the perfect opportunity, we can shift gears, take smart action, and create alignment with what truly matters today. No more waiting, no more excuses. Most men won't do this. They'll dismiss this opportunity. They'll let fear get the best of them. They'll refuse responsibility. But that doesn't mean we have to live like most men. Today's conversation was recorded before the whole COVID-19 virus became a major focus here in the U.S. Regardless, the core ideas of this discussion still apply when it comes to how we confront fear scarcity and pressure in our day-to-day lives. I think I just figured out why we've been together so long is that you, <laughs> you laugh at all my dick jokes. <laughs> I can't so, tell what so I can't, what I can't tell is like, I need all of my friends that knew me before I met you to tell me if, 
if I already had this yeah. sense of humor and I already had these dick jokes in my own brain, were, or if bad, I, I've just been with you for so long that they're just, it's just in you there. You were a bad person before we met. <laughs> There's no doubt. All right. Well, welcome to the new man. And uh, I know you hate it when I do that, which is why I like to do it. <laughs> I like to watch your face when I do it. What is the face? You're, you like your, you get your, you make your lips really stiff and you do this smile like I'm tolerating this bitch right now. You're the one that's got the weird face right now. Well, that's, did you take that's, it out? I can't help that. I did. Yeah. You got to cut that out. I'm, I'm not going to go it. into talking oh. about TMJ with everybody. You're not going to talk about TMJ? Is that uh, where you get all your celebrity news? <laughs> In fact, it is. You like that one, huh? It was good, yeah. And you like the celebrity news on TMJ? Yeah. The guy just drove by outside. He his finger in his nose. <laughs> <laughs> um, talk to me. Uh, I'm curious, you know, you, you have talked to me a lot about the, uh, creating from ease versus creating from stress or from scarcity or from fear or from, um, lack or pressure pressure or yeah, you've, you've talked to me a lot about that. You've talked to me in my own life about that when I'm sort of in that state of like feeling pressure or feeling, like a need to create something out of need or feeling like I should be doing something, you know, more than I'm doing or like whatever. Right. And, and you're always quick to track the state that I'm in over the content that I'm talking to you about. Do you get what I mean? It's like, you're, you're, you're not concerned about what, if I'm talking about doing a course or doing a, a group, a local group or doing, you know, seeing more individual clients, you, you actually don't ever really lock onto that. When I talk to you, you're more tracking the place where I feel my like excitement and aliveness and, and like, hell Yes. Versus like, oh, I should, or I have to, or oh my gosh, if I don't this or that. And so I wanted to talk about that a little bit today. And, and I just feel curious, do you do that with everybody or do I, am I the lucky, the only lucky soul? The, the norm for all of us, myself included, right. Is that we create from fear. We create from scarcity. We tend to get motivated. We tend to lean on fear and pressure and motivation, scarcity to get up and go. And this is part of what I would, I describe in the book as a prey mentality, right? Prey, oh. Right. We're, we're grazing on the Serengeti and we're only really motivated to get up and get going whenever something comes along and tries to kill us. And then we get going, then we're really up for it. If, when, once we feel a threat, then we get going. So, we're so not, in, in like human life, like a, hu- a human privilege life that looks like, unless like if we need to pay the rent that, right. or like, Whatever. Well, we talked in, we talked in a previous conversation that the, the three big threats and very general broad terms that we have in this modern cushy life that we have are fears are threats to our discomfort or threats to our comfort. I don't want to be uncomfortable, whether it's physically or emotionally. Right. Uh, I don't want to have any any risk to my time or energy or especially money. Mm-hmm. I don't want to put any of that at risk. Mm-hmm. 
And then the third one is anything that threatens our self-image, the, the story we tell about ourselves. I'm special. I, am, I belong to this group or I need to be seen a certain way. I can't be humiliated. So we're, 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 we're doing anything we can to, to protect ourselves from humiliation or being rejected or cast out. And what, I, what bothers me about it is that most of the time guys are saying, you know, if I just get to this place, if I just get enough money, if I just get enough comfort, if I just get enough status, then I can finally relax. Then I can finally coast a bit. Then I can finally enjoy myself. I'll, they give that's like, once I get to this point, then I'll finally give myself so it's, permission. It's, it kind of falls into that one day trap that it's you've talked about It's a rat racer before. mentality. Like, okay, exactly. If I work my ass off now, a, then one day it'll magical, all work out. It's a magical finish line. The reality is, is that once they reach these finish lines, they're like, Oh, well, wait a second. There's another one. They, they find a new thing, new level of comfort. They adjust to that level of comfort that they got and said, well, we can't just have this house. We've got to have that house. Or I can't just have this TV. I've got to have the bigger TV. It's just, we just adjust. It becomes a new normal. It's like, it's not enough. And, and so we, we adjust and then we, we think, well, wait a second, I'm still feeling this discomfort. I still feel a sense of unease in my life. I still don't feel as special or as important or as, uh, belong, you know, that I belong as much as I want. I must need more. And that's what puts us on this perpetual treadmill, this hedonic treadmill where, where we keep pushing ourselves from this fear-based place. And it's a recipe for misery. And I've seen guys that have, whether it's they make five figures or nine figures, it, it's the, just a mindset. The, yeah, the money doesn't solve the problem. Yeah, it sounds like you're you're what you're saying that you're seeing is it's it is the mindset. It's like the attitude or the the the, the like the lens that they're looking through over what they actually like like um like other people might be like, oh, just do a gratitude practice to try to peck away at that. But what you're saying is like, no, no, this has to do with everything, the way you see everything, the way that you're coming at this whole thing. Is that right? Right. It's rooted in fear. And there's a, there's a, another side of this, which is it, it gets glorified in this culture. If you're part of this fear-based culture, you call it hustling. Mm. And there's a right. thing like who's hustling, right? Got to love the hustle kind of thing, right? Again, I don't have a problem with working hard. I, I know how to work hard and there's a time in a place mm -hmm. to work hard, but it's really more of where we're coming from mm -hmm. in that regard. And so that's, that's the thing that I want to pick apart because there is that mindset can breed a belief that ease is bad. Right. It can, it can breed a belief that if you were to find a gear where you can actually enjoy your life and still be progressing and moving forward, that somehow you're weak hmm. or somehow you're not enough. There's or a, you're, yeah. Like you're not working hard enough. It's that, a sign that you're not working hard enough. Right. And if you think about it, that's still part of this fear-based belief is like, I've got to prove every day I've got to get up mm -hmm. and prove. I talked to one guy one, one day he was, uh, he was in the financial industry. And he said, every day he showed up was like, a, he called it a referendum against his self-worth mm. every day. Mm. Guy was worth a lot of money, had done very well for himself, had all of the, the, the outer yeah. uh, symbols of success. Yeah. But every day was, I have to prove it today or yeah. else it doesn't matter what I did yesterday. That's not peace of mind. That's there's no, peace of there's mind. no ease there. And yeah. so even though people are looking at him and like, God, I hope I get to that place one day. <laughs> if you really knew what was going on between his ears, you wouldn't, it's a prison. It's terrible. Well, I feel curious and I don't know if you'll be able to answer this question, which is, has me really curious. This mindset that you're speaking of, is this, 
could this, is this only for entrepreneurs or is this, could this be for employees? It's everywhere. It's a, it's, it's just part of, I think it's a human thing. I think it's a human part of ourselves that we needed it in order to succeed as a, as humans. And if you think about what succeed meant for humans is get to a point where you could breed, mm-hmm. have some offspring and then get them on their way. That's what, at least in terms of evolutionary biology, that was, that was success. Right. Right. Yeah. Well, we've gotten to a place where that's not really that hard anymore. You can go get drunk and screw somebody in the back of a Trans Am and have a <laughs> succeed. Trans Am, do they still make those? <laughs> yeah. I hope so. <laughs> we should find one. So, but it doesn't take much. It doesn't take much to succeed in our world, right? On, on in those right. terms, yeah, totally. But that drive is still there, and I th- I think we've just found new ways to apply yeah. it. It's this really primitive drive. And now it's like, well, what do I do? I, it's like outrunning critters. Isn't the big thing I can eat basically anything I want. I can order something on my phone. I can even find a mate on my phone. Yeah, it's a crazy, All the big, crazy drives yeah. that were, that took us our entire lives right. to fulfill before. Now we can do before breakfast. Right. And it's like, well, what do I do? So we, we channel them into our professions. And I, I, I just want to make a call for, Hey, we can do this in an awakened way. We don't have to fall back into these very primitive ways of doing things. We can evolve and actually say, Hey, I've got to pay my bills, right? I've got needs, but I don't have to fall into this place of hustle, grind, not enough scarcity. I got to freak myself out in order to get motivated. Okay. I have a question. It's like a case study for you. I had a client a while back who was a lawyer and he was a young lawyer. He was, you know, I don't know, a couple years out of school kind of lawyer. And he got a job with a high profile firm and the firm, he told me that, that he felt like, even though he wasn't a trial lawyer, he felt like he was on trial every single day for keeping his job, for like being a guy that they want in the firm. And that he, like he, he was hired into that, right? Like he didn't come in necessarily with that mindset. Maybe he did, maybe he didn't, but part of his stress and struggle was that. And so I'm curious, how would you talk to someone about this? Like he wants to do his job. He wants to do a good job, but then he's got this sort of outside in mindset coming at him. Sure. I I think it comes back to what state of mind do you want to have in your life? Like what experiences are you playing for? Because I imagine before he got that job, he was thinking, if I could just get to this place in this firm. Well, that's true. He was. Right. right? Like we we create these finish lines for themselves. For me at one point, it was like, if I could just get a major label record deal. And then I started, I had friends that had major label record deals and it was like, that sucks. That's a terrible place to be. So we, we, we look, we fixate on these outcomes without ever connecting the dots between the outcome and the experiences we imagine we'll have. Most of the time we're imagining these outcomes are going to have us feel ease. We're going to feel at peace. We're going to feel free. It's like, Oh, once I get there, I'll finally be able to live my life. I'll be alive. I'll be loved. Right. So we're, 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 we, we, unconsciously attach these experiences to these outcomes. Mm -hmm. And then we put our head down, baby, that's what I'm going to do. I'm going to go to law school or I'm going to do this thing. And I'm going to, I'm going to be a rock star or whatever it is. And we, and and again, it's the outcomes aren't bad, but what I want to do is bring in this awareness of what's the experiences or the state of mind that we're really playing for. 
And what I notice is that most of the time when I talk to guys about this, I say, what do you imagine will happen once you've reached this finish line? And there's a, there's a thing like, I'll finally be able to relax. Mm. I'll finally be able to stretch out and just enjoy myself. Mm -hmm. I'll be enough. Mm. And so what they do is they set up this dynamic. It's like, oh, I got to deprive myself of that now uh-huh. instead of being feeling free. Right. I've got to trap myself in this job. Instead of feeling energized, I'm going to be drained. Right. Instead of having peace of mind, I'm going to be stressed out or bored out of my mind. Instead of having love and connection, I'm going to go isolate myself. So they make this, this weird bargain huh. that I'm going to deprive myself of the experiences I most want. In order so that one day, once I get there, I'll be able to have those experiences. Mm. It's kind of fucked up. (laughs) (laughs) You know, it's funny. This may not apply to your people, but it's like diet culture. It's totally diet culture. It's like, well, I remember growing up and there's like two or three times growing up. My parents would get on what's called what was called the cabbage soup diet, and it was like Ew. the most disgusting. It was literally like they would boil a head of cabbage in water, like a gallon of water, and add like salt and pepper. And why? And because it would like they it would melt off you the shit weight. Every, shit. Yeah, they'd shit, and they, but it, and it would it was like filling, but it, and they would get super thin, super fast, and and so, but it was this thing of like I'm gonna suffer through this for X amount of days, so then I'll lose, then then I'll be thin or pretty and whatever. And, and then I can eat whatever I want. And then, yeah. and then I'll be fat. Right. Again. And then we'll go on this. Yeah. And then I'll look great on this cruise or whatever uh, I'm going on. And then. Well, that, that is kind of it. Right. It's like once I get to this place, then I'll be free. And then but then it starts up all over again. Yeah. Right. And I don't know how many guys I've talked to is like, yeah, my victories are hollow. Like mm. I had these victories. Do and they people, say that? Yeah. I've actually heard that. Wow. Yeah. It's a hollow victory. It seems huh. cool. I thought it'd be this. And like mm. for a moment, it does feel great. And then there's this hollowness of like, well, mm. wait a second kind of thought this was going to last. I, I thought right. that once I got to this place, it would be different. It would, it, I think for them, they thought it would stay there. Like they, it would be a plateau. They'd get there and then they'd always, I don't think this is conscious either. I think there's just like, yeah, once I get there, then I'm set. I'm well, good. How, you said you didn't think it was conscious. So how do you, how do you work with people? So it becomes conscious. I think it's, I think they've got to be sick of this. I think it, on some level, this is harder to do with but younger guys. But if it's guys. unconscious, how are they coming to you and talking to you if they're sick of it? If they're unconscious about no, it, I they don't that even know. No, I think that's what I mean is like they've got to, they've got to, they've, <laughs> they've reached a level where it's like, I can't keep doing it this way. Older guys, I say older, maybe they're in their late thirties, they're in their forties and on up, which is like, I, I know this game now and I'm tired of playing this game. Mm-hmm. They, they've got to, they realize that even if they bob and weave and, and dress it up a different way, it's just the same game they were playing when they were a young buck mm-hmm. and a young buck's like, let me at it. I'm going to go right. for it. And he's and good for him. Like go, go knock it out. I think there's, there's a part of us yeah. that, that is industrious and like wants a to place go. for that. Yeah. It's like, go, go knock it out. But after a certain point, it's like, wait a second, I can see where this is going. And it, more money and more comfort and more status isn't going to solve this problem. Mm. Um, it's, well, it's, I almost still like, end up, it's almost like it's self, it's self-reflective. Like, like when you were saying like the, there's a place for the, let me add it. It's more like tackle the world and like be engaged out there with the world. And then what I'm hearing, it seems more like what I'm hearing is 
Yeah, I can tackle the world. I know how to do that, but I'm still left with. Uh, right. What's the game I really want to play? And I want to be really clear. It's not about I'm success. Not, success is not the problem. Having being having really nice stuff is not the problem. Having a sense of safety and security is not the problem. Being important is not the problem. I want to be really clear that the success, what, how, however you gauge it, is not the problem. But believing that it's going to finally allow you to feel free once and for all and mm. feel alive once and for all and mm. feel at peace once and for all and feel loved and important and all that stuff once and for all. That's the trap. So and we're that's, all being duped. No, I don't, I don't think we're being, well, yeah, we might be right on, on one level. I mean, there's a, there's a machine that yeah. feeds this. I see a lot of guys that are executives. I don't think they realize they're racehorses, right? They're the ones that everybody's looking at running around the track, but it's like somebody else is up in the stands making all the money. <laughs> Like they don't re- they don't connect the dots between somebody whipping their ass mm. so they'll go faster uh-huh. and somebody up upstairs going, yeah, buddy, run because I'm going to bank on you. Like yeah. they just don't connect those dots. They're all they're doing is looking left and right and making sure they beat the other horse. Right. They don't even recognize that there's a, a and, little, a little or tiny the, guy. Or like the mindset it. of like one day I'll be in the stand or I'll day, be the one. Or one day you'll be sent money. to a glue factory. Right. <laughs> so, but that's the thing I want to help out. And for a guy that wants to run, go run, like go, if yeah. you're enjoying it, it's, yeah. it's awesome. Go right. for it. But at a certain point, it's like, wait a second, is this really the game I want to play? Is another win really going to bring me the experiences in the state of mind that I ultimately want? So what I'm saying is, when a guy comes to me is like, oh, and he says he has some big goal. I, I want to say, wait a second, let's make sure this goal is aligned with what you really want. Let's understand what this goal really is. Cause a lot of times they're not conscious of the experiences or the state that they ultimately want to be in when they accomplish that goal. They just think here's the latest theory. Okay. So walk me through that. I really want to hear, you just said that you help them re- like see what is the goal. Yeah, so how do you do of, that? Out of dumb goals. Right. And then the smart, well, there are, there's some really dumb goals. Like what? What do you Uh, mean? Just, 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 just blindly thinking more money or another title. Or if I was that, they don't, they don't connect the dots between the process to get there and the experiences that their, the experience their life will be. It's like, Oh, if I have that title and that amount of money, that'll be awesome. I'll finally be important or I'll Mm -hmm. finally have all this money. And it's like, well, great. You're also on a plane six days a week. You never see your family. You never do this. You're that racehorse. You're getting right. beat in the ass and somebody else is standing up in the stands watching you go around them mm-hmm. drinking a mint julep. Mm-hmm. So that's the point that I want to help them come back to and say, what are the, what are the experiences you ultimately playing for? If you got, if you made all of your goals come true, let's figure it out. What that How experiences would, you, would be. Like would what would be. life look like if all your goals came true? How would you know it was worthwhile? Because if you, and it's usually easier to, to pin it the other way. Cause if we said, let's say you made it all worthwhile and you still felt trapped, would that be okay? Hmm. Let's say you made all of your wild, crazy dreams come through and you still felt drained. Would that be all right? Hmm. What if you made them all come true and you still felt isolated. You had no friends. That's great. That's a really, what if you made it all come true and you still felt bored Mm -hmm. or overwhelmed? Mm -hmm. Would that be okay? And that's usually, they're like, no. And there's an egoic part that's like, yeah, I I will have proven though that I am somebody, but still underneath that, that, that desire to prove I finally did it. I showed all those guys in high school that I could figure it out. I showed Susie McGregor that I could (laughs) finally be, you know, like there's still that, that that thing they're working out for middle school. Yeah. There's, but still, if you think about that, even in the, oh, I'd have peace of mind, mm-hmm. right? That's where we come back to is if, if you could flip it and know yeah, that if you helpful. still felt trapped mm-hmm. or drained or isolated mm-hmm. or stressed out or bored, it wouldn't be worthwhile. So we just flip it. Okay. 
Well, then that tells me you want, instead of trapped, you want to, you want to be free instead of drained. You want to be alive instead of isolated. You want to feel love and connection instead Mm -hmm. of, bored and overwhelmed, you want to feel peace of mind. Mm-hmm. Oh yeah. Okay. That makes mm-hmm. sense. I haven't had, nobody's ever argued with me. I was like, no, I don't want to feel love. I don't want, love. I don't want to feel love or connection. <laughs> I don't want to feel that. Right. I don't want to feel that peace of mind stuff. So we just come back to, okay, if we're, if we know we're playing for love, if we know we're playing for aliveness, if we know we're playing for peace, we know we're playing for freedom, then could we start there today mm. instead of getting on this one day that, that, that magical finish line, start to look for those opportunities today. And is there a way to create what you want? Maybe you still want that money. Maybe you still want that title. Maybe you still want that house in that neighborhood. That's all fine. But do we have to deprive ourselves of, of peace of mind today? Well, okay. So I, I really love what you're saying. And I'm, I'm also thinking about like a person that comes to you and they've been, they've been in this maybe unconscious mindset and they don't know it. And they're like, I just, this has got to, this sucks. I just, something's got to give. Right. And then you walk them through this process of like, okay, that one day, if you, if you still feel these things and what if you were to create from this place instead, this peace, awesome easeness. You could just say flap, freedom, <laughs> love, aliveness, peace. How's that? Does that help you? A little acronym there? I was saying fault. I was my <laughs> dyslexia was <laughs> kicking in. Um, that works. <laughs> so like you take him into this thing and he's like, yeah, that is sounds amazing. But. But. I still like, it feels like a little bit like square, square peg, round hole. Well, now he's still got his competing commitments. We talked about this in the previous yeah, episode. So, right? so, so he's still got to be comfortable. It's like, like I could go down that road, but it might be uncomfortable. It well, might like, be I don't want to let go. Uh, like I still want to do well in my job yeah. or I still want to well, create X about amount this. of dollars or whatever. Right. And this is where it helps us see that these competing commitments that we talked about in the previous episode are what gets in the way. Right. We all want freedom, aliveness, love and peace. There's not a in our in our a, a version of that for ourselves. It's just a matter of how we get there. And there's a belief that we can't do it. We can't do it in a way that won't be uncomfortable, that won't be risky. And we might look freaking weird because everybody else is doing it. As, what if I'm not the guy that's hustling? What right. if I don't prove that I'm special to Susie McGregor from middle school? Right. <laughs> like whatever that thing is. Mm-hmm. So there's that thing like, no, I'm just, I'm just going to follow the herd. And I'm going to continue to do this rat racer thing. Yeah. But what about the, you know, the person that's really into freedom, love, aliveness and peace, and they want that, but there's a thing like they kind of get into the like, but I don't know how, because I've only ever learned how to do it this way. Right. So this is where, uh, this is what I talk about why it's what's dangerous, right? It feels dangerous to go do things that are uncomfortable. It feels dangerous to go into places that feel risky. It feels dangerous to go into places where we might look weird. That mm-hmm. things are going to they're going to challenge the way we see ourselves mm-hmm. and how we wait up a second. I've been working in this industry for 20 something years. I can't just be somebody different. I got, we get invested in that, in that kind of stuff. And that's why it feels dangerous. Like dangerous as in like unknown, scary, maybe un- vulnerable. In our, cushy, in our cushy world, that's what feels dangerous. I might be uncomfortable. Mm-hmm. I, I might, this might require work. I might have to learn something. And, and when I'm learning something, I look like a noob. Right. Well, cause right? you are, right. cause you don't, don't know it. Right. So some guys will just be like, F that I'm going to keep doing what I, at least I know this, at least I'm right. familiar Expert with this. Mind. It's like the guys that are like in this shitty marriage and they've been bitching about their marriage for 10 years. And it's like, we'll get a divorce. It's like, 
Well, there's so much unknown out there. At least they, there's a known in there when they come home that, that night, they know they're going to get iced out by the same woman. Like they're just a known, <laughs> you know, it's like, but the unknown is far more terrifying than the known shitty thing in their lives. So they'll choose that safe route, even though it's not aligned with their freedom, their aliveness, their love, or their peace of mind. So he, here I am. I want to create from ease. That sounds awesome. Yep. So how do I do that? Great. Well, the first thing is we got to figure out instead of getting fixated on these outcomes and these events and these external milestones, those are, those can be fine. We've got to come back to understanding what is your current emotional state? What, what, where are you operating from? And most guys are doing whatever they can to numb themselves. They're on their phone all the time. They're watching at porn. They're smoking weed. They're drinking. They're on screens, like whatever they're doing, whatever they can to actually get out of their emotional world. Their emotional world is, is constant discomfort and like, I don't want to be here. So there's like, what do I, what can I do to just get out of myself? And I challenge them to actually get in there and listen because a pain in the ass can be really good information. Mm-hmm. It's like when you're driving down the road and you hit those bumps, yeah. they wake you up. It's like, they're, yeah. they're telling you, Hey, get back on the road. Mm-hmm. Well, most of us are just like, I'm hearing that all the time. It's like, I need to go have a drink or I need to find some way to numb myself from that information. Mm-hmm. I say, let's get curious. What if we got curious about that, that thing that feels like a pain in the ass? And what if we can understand that underneath that frustration was really valuable information underneath that frustration is a desire. I want X. Most guys are like, I don't know what I want. Well, listen, listen to your frustration. Cause if you don't like ABC, the thing that's showing up in front of you, chances are that means you want something else. If you, mm-hmm. if you're sick and tired of having chicken tenders every night, <laughs> then what do you want? Right. Mm-hmm. And that's when we can start to recognize there's another flap on the menu. You can, you can get out of this children's menu thing and start to recognize there's a lot more things out there. Oh, but I don't know what I want. It's like, let's get curious. Let's go try things. Everything becomes an experiment at that time. And so, like you said, you're asking the question, how's he do go about doing that? We start experimenting. Let's see. Let's go see where you feel more free. Let's go see where you feel more alive. Let's mm-hmm. go feel, see where you feel more loving and connected. Let's go see where you feel more peace of mind. And it takes energy, which can be uncomfortable. Yeah. It takes some risk, right? I'm going to risk my time and energy and money on stuff. Yeah, you are. Oh, what, what will people think of me if I start doing things that they're not doing? Exactly. Right. So that's part of the process. That's what I mean about being dangerous is we're willing to go in and start doing these little tiny, small experiments to see what has us feel more free, alive, love and, and peaceful. It's interesting. You know, I, it's I, I think about so many times in my you know, office when I was counseling couples, especially, but any any kind of relationship and they, it was often communication issues or distance issues or whatever. And, and, and there was, there was, there was a deep discontent that would, that's why they were showed up in the office. And, and there was often a period of time where, where I was inviting them to really literally experiment with a, doing it a different way, communicating a different way, often giving them cool tools and skills or ways to just draw out what they're uncomfortable with or what their desire is. And as you speak about this, I'm reminded of how many times people would be willing to not practice an experiment because they didn't want to look silly. This isn't for everybody. I want to be really clear. Like most guys will settle. Most guys will settle for what they've got because they don't want to step outside of what is familiar. I'm not talking to every guy out there, Mm -hmm. but I am talking to the guys that are like 
I'm done. I'm done with this way of living. I want to forge my own path. Mm -hmm. Instead of hoping for some finish line one day, Mm -hmm. I'm going to start living from this place now, today. I'm going to start, I'm going to find the little bits in areas where uh, where I expand my sense of freedom, aliveness, love, and peace and grow them instead of hope that I hit the jackpot one day. Mm -hmm. And that's not for everybody. Everybody else can, I'm not saying anything bad about the others, but if they want to settle, that's fine. Go ahead. But I'm not talking to them. I'm not even worried about them. Mm-hmm. Well, it, it, I mean, this seems like it applies everywhere. It applies with creating the kind of work you might want to create or creating the work, like creating the type of work day. If you work for someone else, uh, it sounds like it applies, certainly applies to relationship, like creating the kind of dynamic, deep, lively, loving, connected relationship that you might want to have. So it, it seems like this is kind of a, it's a really nice um, really like navigational it's system. It's self-leadership. It's self-leadership. When we're in a, when we're in a prey mentality, we tend to look around. What do mm-hmm. I do? We look around for direction. Oh wait, she's, she's getting ready to be pissed off at me. I better go do this other thing instead. We're reacting to things instead right. of being proactive or creative. Right. And being creative requires us to think, mm-hmm. Hey, where do you want to go to lunch today? I don't know. You tell me I'm mm-hmm. up for whatever. Like we don't even want to, yeah, where do I want to go? What do I want to eat? Mm. We don't want to even do those tiny little things, but whatever, it feels like a burden to be given that, right? It feels like a burden. Mm-hmm. Like, when, Hey, what do you want to eat? You decide. It's like, oh, I don't want to fucking decide. But if you think about it, it's like that burden is our power. That burden is our power. We get to lay It's like, yeah, what do I want? Mm. I'm tired of freaking nachos. I'm ready to go blow up some sushi. Like, let's go mm-hmm. knock this out. Mm-hmm. And you tap into this like, yeah, sushi would have me feel more expansive. Let's go. I don't care if it's across town. Let's freaking go. Mm-hmm. And then we go and she's like, wow, I'm feeling more expansive. I'm in mm-hmm. my power now. I'm exercising what I want. It's like, mm-hmm. let's keep going. Mm-hmm. Yeah. What, what, and I, I'm thinking about in the, um, you know, like the somatic sex education training that I did that the, uh, often a question is what would make this even more pleasurable? And, and, and that's sort of in the same, inviting that same mindset of like, okay, I just got sushi. That, that was awesome. Now what, now what would have me feel, what would be pleasurable here? And I want to be really clear. This isn't a hedonistic, uh, easy street path because it, it, like I said earlier, it's going to challenge us all along the way Mm -hmm. to take chances. It's going to challenge us all along the way to be disciplined and consistent. Hedonism is what do I got to do to avoid anything that feels bad? That's right. running away from that. That's still that prey mentality. I'm only going to do what feels good. So what I'm talking about a- here is more creative. And it's it's like, where's the expansion? Let me try. I'm going to go down this road. Oh, you know what? That wasn't great. I didn't really like experimenting that way in the bedroom. Uh, we're going to we're gonna not do that anymore. <laughs> oh, well, I did like this over here. Or, yeah, hey, that meal, not so much. I Maybe we're not going to have Moroccan again, but I'm going to go down this road. Mm-hmm. So it's that willingness to go into places and see where we actually feel strong. I like to use the word stronger here because it's just word, it just it's easier. It's like, oh, I'm, I'm more expansive here. Well, and it's still, it's like, okay, now we might get, be getting into these two sort of detailed, nuanced places. But even when you spoke about, oh, we might not have Moroccan again, or we might not try that in the bedroom again. I actually beg to differ. I think that that's, that's our, um, like 
because it's so new, it's uncomfortable or we felt awkward or we didn't want to look bad or we didn't want to feel a weird for that moment in our bellies or whatever it was. It's like, we didn't, we only tried one thing on the menu. And so I think about that with regards to what you're talking about, because a lot of what you're talking about, when you say what is the moment you said self-leadership and you talked about, I think you said power, at least that's what showed up in my mind was, um, was like, Oh, this, I'm starting to really get the definition of your book, this day, the word dangerous here, because it, it really does put us in touch. It really puts us in touch with our, like our soulful expression in the world. What is our, what is ours to get? What, what is do? ours what to do? What am I here to do? In what this are we lifetime? here to do? And that, that some people call it your best work or some people call it your soul's work or your purpose or whatever. And I'm not, I'm not even like talking about that as much as like, that just puts you right smack in that self-leadership and asking those questions and that self-reflection puts you right smack in relationship in confrontation really with yourself. And if you're so used to sort of just being herded and being told to be a sheep, most of us are not in touch with our mortality in the, in the, in the book I lead, I lead the reader through an exercise, like look at the ceiling. Cause this is chances are, that's going to be the view you have um, in your last ceiling in the last minutes of your life right? You're going to be laying on a stretcher or a gurney. You're going to be in a hospital bed. You're going to be in hospice. You're going to be somewhere. You're going to be laying on a street because you just got hit by a truck. The last views, the last moments of your life, you're going to be looking at a ceiling somewhere. Uh-huh. So take it in. Are you aligned? The way, is the way you're living right now aligned without you ready? Mm-hmm. I'm not saying you want to die, right. but is that part of you? It's like, oh, one day I'm going to get in alignment, but right now I got to do this thing first. And most of the time we've bought into a bullshit story that says we can't align with those deepest values, with what we really want to do before we die. Mm. But we know left and right, people are dying every day. They wake up in the morning, had no idea they were going to be dead that afternoon. And they never got a chance to check themselves. Mm. I don't want that for the reader. Mm. I don't want that at all. But you're exactly right. It is about coming back to what are we really here to experience and give and share in this lifetime. Mm-hmm. And I want to come back to another point that you made, which is, yeah, when we're learning something, it's not the same. It's not as enjoyable as learn as doing it, right? Like learning how to ride a bike is not as much fun as riding a bike. Learning totally. how to swim is not as, as much totally. fun. So when a guy comes to me and says, yeah, I don't like this. I'd like to just check and see, all right, well, where are you in the process? You? Do you have some kind of an ability to, uh, to do this thing yet? Do you really know what it's like to do this thing yet? Cause once you get to a certain level, you, st- you can be like, Oh, now that I can do it a bit, it, it's actually fun. It's, this mm-hmm. is enjoyable. This is expansive for me. Mm-hmm. But up until that part, yeah, it's going to suck. There's a dip mm-hmm. when we're learning things. So I'm mm-hmm. glad you, I'm, gl- I'm glad you brought that up. Well, it, 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 it also kind of reminds me, I was having a conversation with a dear friend of mine about perfection, the concept of perfection. And, and she's someone who like, she has a driver in her mind that drives her to perfect to perfection. And she's pretty miserable when that driver is taking the lead. And so the way that you're talking has, she's been like, she's been, we've been talking like, Oh, I wonder what that is in me. Like, how did I even get that? And what's going on there? And what I'm hearing in this conversation is like, there is such a strong commitment to not be uncomfortable that that like the, 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 um, the perfectionist is like managing and protecting her from discomfort. Yeah. Yeah. Even if you look at it through the lens of what, what is it, what is the perfectionist doing for us? Oh, it's protecting me from the discomfort of getting it wrong. Mm-hmm. Right. Um, from not being the best, from having to like, I might not get it right. 
Mm-hmm. Uh, it's protecting me. If I don't, if I'm not, if I don't get it perfect, it might, I might waste time, energy right. or money. And it might, and, and that the best the third for one. her, it was like, I, I, I'm the best. I'm the smartest in the room. So it's, it's like, that. I need to be, that's the, I've what got, is that I am one? really attached to my, my story that look. I'm the best in the room and I get it right. Right. That's usually the big one is that I'm the one who gets it right. And uh-huh. you're not going to be able to criticize me. Right. It's usually a defense. Perfectionism is a defense. I got it all right. You can't come after me now. Mm. There's a lot different than people are like, yeah, I fuck up all the time and you can criticize me left and right. And they're mm-hmm. okay with that. Mm-hmm. But the perfectionist is like, I've got to get it right so that you can't criticize. Which me. is a really, a really accurate to our conversation. Cause she was saying that one of the things that really frightens her is this call out culture. <laughs> Because it's like that. You're exposed. It's like, yeah. Everybody can, every, oh my God, I'm actually Even human and, and I can right. be right. seen as, as flawed. Right. I will, I will make Got mistakes, but that's it. Right. It's like, uh, if I, if I am flawed, then I can be called out and somebody will p- point out my obvious flaws mm-hmm. and what then? And the experience of that <clears throat> is so like the fear of that experience is like the pain. I don't even know that it's actual pain as much as like the idea of the suffering of that is like greater than the idea of the discomfort of learning or maybe are the, or is it, they're just not in touch with the discomfort of learning something new to be, to be connected with their, like what they really want to be. I think my question would be, what do you want more out of life than just protecting and pleasing and proving? protecting your self image, mm. p- making sure you please everybody, proving mm. that you're one of the good guys or proving that you're the best or whatever. Mm. Like, what do you want more out of your life than protecting and pleasing and proving? Mm. Cause that's a full-time job. It is protecting and pleasing and proving. And so it's like, well, gosh, what would I do if I wasn't protecting and pleasing and proving that can be just, that's like pulling the rug that out from alone. so many people. They're just like, God, I don't know. I don't know. What would my life be? Cause I've, mm-hmm. I've created my whole life to be great at protecting and pleasing and proving. Mm-hmm. And, uh, so it can be disorienting for somebody to start to imagine what life could be like. Now, mm-hmm. here's the thing. It doesn't have to be binary. It's either all and the other. It's like, you're going to go ahead and protect and please improve up until the point that it doesn't serve you anymore. Mm-hmm. Say more about that. What do you mean? <clears throat> like that how we need a certain amount of comfort. We need a certain amount of quote safety in our life. We need a certain amount of acceptance. Mm-hmm. So to just go out and flip a bird and be like, I don't need to be comfortable at all. I don't need to be safe at all. I don't need to be belong. And I'm totally fine with people taking me down or whatever. That's not true. Mm-hmm. Like that. I don't think that's where we feel more expansive and strong. Mm-hmm. So, but it is a, it is after a certain point though, we start to think we need more right after a certain point. It just, you, you're not going to feel more expansive and free and fulfilled by having more comfort, by having mm-hmm. more safety, by having more importance. Mm-hmm. That's part of this rat racer mentality is that we've created a certain level of success for ourselves. We don't feel fulfilled. So we think we double down. It's like, well, I must need more. Something's missing. Well, so I must need more. And that's where we get real sort of like inundated with, I think, consumerism. You too. like the cultural thing, but I, I, I do. I know, I but, I, but we're bigger than, we are, we're bigger than it's, it's, it, it's a both and right. Cause I, I just want to see that there's some people that don't fall into that trap. So it, it can't always be culturalism. We've got, my point is we got to take responsibility. If we don't like the way that we're feeling, let's take a hundred percent responsibility for it. We mm-hmm. Stop finger pointing mm-hmm. and saying, I'm just not going to, I'm not going to fall down that, that hole anymore. I'm done. I'm not going to drink that Kool-Aid. I'm going to come back to center. I'm going to come back to self-awareness. I'm going to always check in with myself and really listen. Is it really true that I need to be that comfortable? Is it really true that I need to be 
that safe all the time? Is it really true that life would go to shit if everybody thought X, Y, Z about me to me? Like that's where we start to, to, to recognize, wow, I've got a lot more space here than I'm even giving myself. Mm -hmm. It's like we draw, we draw a chalk line around our feet and say, this is the only, this This is the only, this is it. But if in reality, we've got an entire parking lot that Mm -hmm. we can spread out in. Most people don't really give a shit what we're doing. So I I just like to help people. It's like, well, let's just start experimenting. Let's Mm -hmm. see. And let's see how much space you actually have to play with. And Mm -hmm. most of the time we're, we're, pretty amazed to find out we're, we're playing much, much smaller than, than we're allowing ourselves to play. Yeah. Yeah. And, and I see people light up and be happy for other people when they see them really leaning in. Well, it's inspiring. It's inspiring to be around people that are leading that and forging their own life and doing it from a place that builds others up when we're fixated on ourselves. It's really hard to have a meaningful life. It's really hard to do things that feel meaningful. Because all we can think about are ourselves. Mm-hmm. We're that racehorse. It's only f- focused right. on the, the, the finish line. Mm-hmm. And uh, boy, I hope everybody kisses my ass and I hope I make, I make the goal and blah, blah, blah. Well, the only thing we're thinking about is ourselves really. Right. Yeah. Maybe our family, right. Making sure they're okay too. But the, when we, when we slow down and we start to expand our lives into more freedom, aliveness, love, and peace, we've got space now mm-hmm. to contribute to other people's lives. If these interviews are helping you, please leave a positive review on whatever podcast app you use so that others can discover the show more easily.